It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Today, we're going to talk about a hobby that seems to be growing in popularity during the pandemic, and the self-isolation that comes with it. Many people have, of course, had a lifelong passion for gardening, but the need to stay busy, the lure of growing our own food, and the comfort of getting our hands dirty has made many more of us want to try our luck at growing things. Here to talk about the growth spurt in gardening is AJC staff writer Rosalind Bentley. Welcome. Hey, Shane. Even though I can't see you like I usually do in the studio, (laughs) it's still good to be with you remotely. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a uh, it's a different world we're living in. And, um, you know, that's just the way things are. But it's still great to be able to do this and to be able to talk about mm-hmm. um, some of the cool things we're still doing, because, you know, life goes on. And one of the ways that life is going on is people are actually taking up gardening, which I think is really cool. Yes. And I am actually excited to talk to you about it here from the um, master bedroom closet at our house. <laughs> perfect recording studio so but yeah um Shane that's the thing I mean I personally am a gardener um I you know grew up that way so I had an interest in this um planting a spring garden but then the pandemic hits so you figure okay you know we're not supposed to go anywhere. We're not supposed to go out. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to have a garden. I think what we have found and that was surprising to me and probably to a lot of other gardeners is that some businesses like landscape and others were kind of declared essential businesses. So what was surprising to me were the number of places that remained open, if not in-store foot traffic for people to get plants to garden with, but also the number of mail order catalogs, well, online, that just 
have never seen so much explosive growth right through the actual roof yeah it's 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 crazy yeah well yeah it's interesting because i mean i i always like to have some herbs and things like that and you know, I, I've, I've avoided Home Depot or Lowe's or anything like, you know, the, the usual spots, all of these usual places. I haven't gone in there. I, well, I have gone in a couple of times when it's early enough, uh, but I haven't bought the plants there. And, and I did order online and I'm still waiting, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Shane, I think you're going to find. And a lot of gardeners have uh complained about. I know when we wrote our initial story, which readers can go to at AJC.com, and you can find our original story about gardening in the pandemic, what has happened is a lot of the major distributors who, um, or growers rather, that distribute to big box stores, smaller nurseries like Pike's, and even mom and pop stores, a lot of them really became overrun with the number of orders. I spoke with um, the director, well, actually the spokesperson for Bonnie's Plants, which is a very popular brand. You'll find it at, you know, hardware stores. You'll find it at big box stores. Yep. They said that they have not in, they are like a hundred, they're like, uh, I think it's like 101 years old, huh. I believe, um, their company. They said they have not seen this type of growth and demand in their history to the point that they have had to ramp up production of seedlings. Same thing with Burpee, which is a venerable brand, probably the one of the oldest operating in the country right now. They're 144 years old. In talking with them, they told me that the demand is so backed up, they are at 75 percent more demand than they were for the same period this year to the point it got so bad to the point that between good friday oh and about mm, the tuesday or so after easter they had to shut down not because at least not from you know anything that our reporting has borne out not because there were covid infections but the fact that they were so overburdened with orders they could not keep up so they had to stop taking online orders for about five days just to process the number of orders that have been coming in so that's probably why you might be seeing um a delay in getting something as basic as you know seeds for you know carrots or tomatoes right right yeah, it's it's amazing because I, I I always wanted to have herbs, you know, and sometimes sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. This year I definitely wanted to, and I am still waiting for them. I'm expecting them soon, so um, <laughs> they they will get there. But one of the things that I also found was in talking with um, the National um, Gardening Association, um, which we're closing out the month. This is actually, believe it or not. National Gardening Month, the month of April. Right. But even in talking with them, they said that they have seen literally a 98% spike in web traffic to their site, whether from novice gardeners, you know, whether from experienced gardeners, pretty much novice gardeners, though, of people looking 
to grow things that are the standard things that we would take for granted every spring. People are now really looking to grow um, not just herbs as you are and I am and others are, but food. Right. Yeah. And and I would love to do that if I had enough sun where I am. <laughs> but, well, well, you know, there are some things you can grow with that it might be, you know, in a more shady spot. Uh, if we remain as cool as we are right now, you probably still could maybe get, you know, some lettuces, right. you know, tender greens like that. Maybe some cilantro, um uh, maybe a little parsley. It depends on how many days it takes for those things to germinate. But there are some things you um, that, that that you could probably still eke out even in a cooler, shady spot. Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, I do have enough enough for some herbs, and I can you know I I always manage to keep them for for a certain amount of time anyway. And it's great to have those because you know buying them can be a hassle because. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't last a long time in your fridge um, or on your counter or wherever you put them. Um, so it's nice to have them growing uh, and easily accessible. Exactly. I mean, and then also, though, Shane, it gets back to the whole point, this whole idea of people growing food. We all know that, you know, when we've bundled up and worn our mask, hopefully y'all are wearing your masks when you go out. Um, yeah. When we wear a mask, you know, and you go into the grocery store and you look, sometimes the things that you used to want to get there, you can't find enough of, or perhaps maybe it doesn't maybe look as fresh as you might like. And sometimes that can be herbs, vegetables. So what I've found, not just with the big growers that I mentioned earlier, but even with smaller growers here in Metro Atlanta or people who, or people who work with um, home gardeners, you know, helping them get started. Right. What they're finding is that people really want to grow food. And a lot of this has come from the fact that they went into stores at the start of this, when it really took off, you know, in early March, They were run on stores and they were met with those empty bins, you know, or they were told you can only take two onions or, you know, you can only take two cartons of eggs um, that you have now seen that translate into people saying, well, if the food supply chain might be interrupted and initially they said it wasn't going to be right. They said, no, it won't be. But now we're seeing as we see meat processing plants close, you know, in the upper Midwest, that sort of thing. We know that there may be shortages. But what people are saying and telling um, folks that work with um, novice growers is that, um, you know, they are worried about the food supply chain. They want to be able to feed themselves. So they're trying to figure out how to do that in a backyard garden. Seems the way, like maybe there is a way right. to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think partially in addition to the, you know, the need for for feeding ourselves and for, you know, keeping keeping our family healthy and safe. I think there's something kind of um, I don't know therapeutic about gardening as well. That and and, and seems like this is a great time for that kind of therapy. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's there's the need, you know, we need to eat. But yeah, you're right. There is um, uh, there is a bit of therapy to it. I mean, for the story that we did that, again, readers can go to and find on AJC.com, you know, uh, on pandemic gardening, what you will find is um, I had to go to Home Depot um Again, wearing my mask and gloves, but just to see what people were getting. And it wasn't just vegetable plants. It wasn't just, you know, um, you know, tomato seedlings and cucumber seedlings. It wasn't that people were buying landscape rock. They were buying petunias. They were buying begonias. They were buying coleus because people also in a time of uncertainty, you want something that's cheerful. Right. You know, you want to be able to look at something that might seem um, somewhat hopeful, if you will. Right. Um, and then also, even though Mother Nature has ultimate control of that, gardening is something that you can do. Um, you can be socially distant, but it's also something that you can control. And so some of this by um, gardening at home and finding some measure of peace out there in the soil. That's a pretty powerful thing right now. Right. Yeah. There is something, there's something comforting about getting your hands dirty, making, you know, making something grow. Exactly. I mean, one of the women that I interviewed for the story uh, is a reservations agent for um, an airline. And she listens to people all day, yes, airline travel is down, but there are still people who are having to travel for necessity. And so they are frightened. They're fearful. And she said she listens to that all day and she absorbs that energy of people wondering, am I going to get am I going to get the virus if I board a flight? You know, how can I be safe? So when she comes home, she looks forward to going into a garden that she shares with a friend in the friend's backyard. And she just pours that energy into, you know, trying to make the last of her kale um, (laughs) grow even more. Right. Right. Or, you know, weeding that it becomes something of uh, meditation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's it, it. Really, it really does feel that way to me too. It's nice to be outside. Um, it's nice to you know feel the earth and and I, I don't know. There's just something something comforting and warm about that um, in a time where things are not comforting in many other ways. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it, and again, you can do this by yourself. Um, there are people who save seeds from the previous season and if they already compost or have that sort of thing available you know they can amend their soil and they can get going other folks you know maybe they do have to brave a trip to garden center and i will tell you that um at least one of the garden centers popular ones that um i've gone to in years past and that i've went to um in reporting this story um They have set up, um, I don't want to say outdoor stores, but it's curbside pickup. Right. Yeah. And just to tell you how 
popular that is, they are hiring. Huh. Okay? Yeah. Some of these garden centers now have either on their websites or, you know, on their kiosks outside now hiring. Um, even the seed companies that I talked with said that they were probably going to have to add shifts. They were trying to spread out their machinery and keep it clean to keep people safe. Right. At least that's what we're told. But um, it is so popular that that is an economy that's actually growing because people like you and people like me are trying to find a way to make sense of the madness. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, and, you know, with so many people filing for unemployment now, it's great to hear that, you know, there are still bright spots in the economy where, you know, there's demand and people can get jobs. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, to kind of pivot on that, I mean, you mentioned earlier about your um, you you having too much shade. So you thought maybe I should just, you know, do some herbs. Um, one of the ways that I think uh, some of these stores as well, well, nurseries, as well as gardening um, websites are saying uh, to meet the demand is to tell people that you have to garden with what you have. Right. And by that, I mean, I over the years have spoken with people about gardening before and just keen interest and, you know, an interest in food and writing about food. Uh, I remember interviewing a woman who had lived in public housing for many, many years. And she had then, when Atlanta tore its public housing down, she moved into a place that was more mixed income. And in our conversations, she talked about when even when they were in public housing, they would have stoop gardens. And what that is, is, you know, there's not a lot of communal space that's available for you to do with what you want to in those situations. But what they would do is right outside the front door, there would be just a little area where maybe there was a shrub or that kind of thing. They would dig it up. Maybe it was no more than three by three or four by five and plant a tiny garden there. Right. Just to have something. And these were often men and women who came from agrarian backgrounds and moved to the cities, but they wanted something, that connection. Well, we can take, I think we can take inspiration from those men and women and find small spots in our yards or gardens if we have them or balconies if you live in an apartment um, or if you live in a uh, an otherwise more um, com uh, communal townhome setting, maybe there's an area you guys can set aside. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there are always containers that, that you can do. These exactly. Things that's, I mean, that's generally the way my I do my herbs anyway, because I mean, I do have I have plenty of room. I could plant them, but it's just easier to tend them in the containers and to put them where the sun is, to put them where they need to be. Um, it just feels simpler that way. Um, it can be. Yeah. I mean, it, it really can be. And depending upon what you garden, if it's not food, if it's flowers, just something, um, you know, to get you out there. The one thing I would say, though, that um, some of the gardening consultants told me is that people should also be realistic if they are novice gardeners. You're not going to grow 
a whole produce department in one season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just not going to do it. Right. You have to be realistic. You probably are not going to grow bananas, you yes. know, and have a bunch <laughs> of bananas. You know, you know, that's that's not going to happen either. No. no. But if you are realistic about what you're planting to supplement um your groceries and and who knows? I mean, one thing that this harkens back to is the it's not I'm, I don't know if it's a direct analogy because there hasn't been a national call to do this, but neither you or I know remember this um, because I don't we weren't alive at the time. <laughs> but, you know, but there were victory gardens right back yes. during World War One, back during World War Two, where there was a national call from, you know, the federal government to say we need you. As part of your war effort, we need you to please plant a garden wherever you can. Right. You know, they dug up schoolyards in some cases yeah. to plant vegetables, that kind of thing, to help feed um, a hungry public. Right. And now that we're seeing all these lines and food banks, that sort of thing, I mean, we have to, I think you will find gardening advocates say, at least they told me, they told me that we have to begin to think creatively. Right. Yeah. And you have to wonder if, you know, these, the thoughts, thinking about those victory gardens and everything, if this is sort of a, it's like our, our need to garden is almost like a collective memory that, you know, that's, yes. that's embedded in us. And it's like, it's a survival thing, really. It is. It is. You know, whether you are gardening, you know, whether you're just planting some flowers to look at, because that eases the level of tension you feel. Right. You know, with this kind of situation or like you, you want some herbs to add into, you know, whatever you're making for dinner. Or if you are more hardcore and you want to grow a bunch of stuff, you know, to box up and leave on the front porch steps of your neighbors you know if we were still at socially distancing like that you know by the time some of these things come to harvest and we probably will be um you know you you have to um you have to think in those ways you have to get involved yeah well um before we go i just want to mention also that um that uh, Roz has written a story about farmers markets. She mentioned, um, you know, that there are still some farmers markets, but there are also alternative ways that you can get some of the things that the farmers are growing. Um, so that's sort of tangentially related to this. Um, they have, you know, some of them have pickup in places and things like that. Um, we have exactly, yeah. So. So definitely go some and check that out. Some have personal shoppers. Right. I mean, some even have personal shoppers. You go there, you give them a list of what you want, and they'll go right. and get the food for you. So you have options. And one other thing I want to throw out there, for people of means who can still go to a nursery or a Home Depot and buy seedlings, saplings, that's that's awesome. But there are some folks for whom that might even be a stretch. Maybe they have um, some area, but they don't maybe some area to garden but maybe they don't have a lot of disposable income i would also say that in certain cases the um supplemental nutritional assistance program known as snap 
that gives um, folks EBT cards to use, you know, to buy groceries. In some cases, those um, benefits can be used to buy plants, vegetable huh. plants. Yeah. So, you know, just like you can use a SNAP or you, you well, use an EBT card at um, a lot of farmers markets. Yeah. You can also use that to buy plants. So it really is something that huh. all incomes could try to do. Oh, that's great. That's great information. I had no idea. I knew that they, they sometimes even farmers markets will double them um, occasionally. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I knew about that. I've seen that, but I didn't realize that they, that plants, it could be used for plants as well. That's great. That's yes. I mean, you, people need to read the five fine print but yes in some cases you can do that i don't think that that's applicable to like uh flowers that sort of thing but mm -hmm. but food yeah that's great well well thanks so much roz for uh uh joining me and uh talking about this because obviously i was very interested in it too um and yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm anxiously awaiting the arrival of my herbs um which i i think should be coming any day now um and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So so thanks so much. Well, get your container oh, ready. Yes, I definitely <laughs> will. I've got I've I've got dirt and a container out here. I I can see it out my window. It's just sitting there waiting for the herbs. <laughs> right. Oh, okay, Shane. Well, thank you uh, uh, for having me again uh, remotely. I look forward to the day when we can do this in person. And yes. hopefully at that time, I can bring you some tomatoes from my garden. Oh, that would be awesome. Thanks, Roz. Thank you. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience. And the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Up first, you might have noticed drawings popping up around town, and so did we. So we had Rosalind Bentley, who you just heard from on gardening, investigate the uptick in chalk art, much of it intended to boost morale and give comfort in these troubling times. And those temporary drawings on streets and sidewalks are helping bring communities together. As one Avondale Estates resident told Rosalind, I know we live in a great community, but you don't always get to see everyone's joyful heart, and this has shown us those joyful hearts. For more uplifting news, look for the story of Alpharetta eight-year-old Alani Thorns. She was supposed to go to New York City on her spring break this year. When those plans were canceled, she spent her spring break creating artwork to raise funds for the CDC Foundation. With the help of a matching grant donation from Lysol, she raised more than $7,000. Get that story on AJC.com. Our dining team continues to reinvent the way they do things, just like the restaurants, chefs, and hospitality employees they cover. Another new feature they've added looks at the ways folks in the industry are helping out during this time of crisis and offering a weekly roundup of the ways that you can help, too. Look for that every Monday on the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog at AJC.com. The team's Atlanta Orders In series continues, too, as they give readers a taste of the takeout experience from restaurants in and around Atlanta. They've already checked out places like Goose Bistro and the newly opened Pizza Jeans at Pont City Market. Look for their visits to Decatur's The Deer and the Dove and Suwannee's La Mixteca Tamale House this week. 
We're also keeping you up to date on all the cancellations, including our recent report on the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra's announcement that they would not be finishing this current season, and reporting on the events that, for now, say they're still planning to move forward like Dragon Con. You'll find individual stories on those two announcements and get info on more events and venues at AJC.com slash canceled events. If you're looking for a diversion at your desk or on your mobile phone, check out our flashback photos. We dig deep into the archive for a nostalgic look back at Atlanta and Georgia, how they were 30, 40, 50 years ago, and even earlier. You can see what some of the city's streets and roadways looked like through the years with virtual trips down Ponce, North Avenue, Memorial Drive, Roswell Road, and others. You'll find all of our flashback photos at AJC.com slash flashback. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felician. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Thank you.